On the Road, Chapter 5 Packed and ready, the lava car rolled out of the driveway at 9 a.m. sharp. If all went according to plan, the four adventurers would arrive at the Cloud Forest in plenty of time to set up camp. Ten minutes into the drive, Veronica's dad read the sign on the edge of the road, Town of Crater Lake, One Mile. Hey, Captain, I need to stop. You didn't bring any matches, did you? No, the captain said, frowning. I can start a proper fire. Veronica's dad let the snipe pass. He braked hard and swerved into a strip mall on the outskirts of town, parking in front of Magma Mart. I'll only be a minute, he said to the captain. Veronica, you come with me. Magma Mart was sandwiched smack dab in the middle of Veronica's two favorite sources of sweets in the world, the ice creamery on the left and the village bakery on the right. All three businesses were owned by the same man. Veronica called him coach, as did everyone in town. He coached at least half-dozen teams from girls' softball to high school football. There's my lefty, coach barked as Veronica entered the store. A transplant from New Lava City, Coach spoke with urban power in hard, flat tones without any inflection, except for the volume of his voice. Been working on your slap hitting, eh? That's what uh, summers are for, pushing yourself farther than you can go. Star players aren't born, they're made. Yeah, yeah, Coach, Veronica said. I'm practicing. Her father tossed an eight-pack of waterproof matches on the counter. But not today. Guess where we're going? Mount Mystery. That's quite the walk, Coach whistled as he rang them up. Good for you. Every kid should see Mystery at least once, even if it means you ain't practicing. As they turned to leave, he called out after them. You bring me my lefty back. Veronica smiled. She loved her town. The townspeople were like her uncles and aunts, one big happy family. The car pulled out on the road and Veronica melted into her seat, settling in for a long drive. You know, said the captain, as long as we're making quick stops, I'd like to make one too. There's a grave I'd like to visit. What grave? Asked Veronica. My family's, he said grimly. It's on the way, about two hours from here, just before the pass. Captain John the First is buried there and so is every other Captain John except for me and my boy, of course. Not yet, anyhow. Geez, Dad, Maddie said, rolling her eyes. We just left. Do you have to bum everyone out already? Veronica's dad glanced away from the road and into the captain's gray eyes. He could tell he was somewhere else. That sounds fine, John. I'd be happy to stop. I think I know the place near Babbletown, right? That's right, said the captain. You know that old dustbin? Know it, he said. I grew up there. It's where I met my wife, and it's where I'd be right now if it hadn't burned. Veronica detected the twinge of sadness in her father's voice. You know, we can't control the volcanoes, Dad, she said. Just then, the car rounded a bend, and the sapphire waters of Crater Lake rippled into view. The lake filled a basin 30 miles long by five miles wide, speckled with forest-covered islands and ringed by sheer-faced mountainsides. Maddie, look, Veronica yelled. The Mini! The girls watched the proud steamboat, the Minnehaha, lumber up the southern shore, beating the water with its gigantic paddle wheel. Behind the Mini, the rocky cliffs of Diamond Island glinted in the morning light. A small chapel marked the island's southern shore. 
Great green groves of paper birch, silver fir, and white pine stretched to the water's edge. That's the sunrise catch and cruise, Maddie said, eyeing the fishing poles dotting the decks. Uncle Ned must be piloting today. Every weekend morning in the summer, troves of hobby fishermen tried their luck in some of the richest salmon-stocked waters in the country. Captain, about the grave, Veronica said. Can I ask you something? How did Captain John I really die? Veronica Pearl, said her father sharply. That's no business of yours, that's for sure. We do not stick our noses in other people's family business. It's not just his business, she protested. It's history. Captain John I has a statue in town, and we're going to his grave. Don't you want to know? There, there, the captain said, rescuing her. Too many stories get told and retold, and everyone's truth is different. But I believe what my daddy told me, that an evil man came from far away. He built an army and a navy. He conquered everything from Crater Lake to Mount Mystery. Many called him a pirate, others a king. Veronica laughed, watching the scene out her window. What would a pirate want with Crater Lake? A pretty view? How about diamonds? The captain said. Loads of diamonds. Tell me, how do you think Diamond Island got its name? Veronica sniffed. Oh, please, there are no diamonds on Diamond Island. It got its name because it's shaped like a diamond. Like everyone else, Veronica had heard the legend of the island's diamond riches. She and her friends had searched the island many times, snorkeling, digging, and generally turning over every stone. But she never found a single gem. Veronica had learned to dismiss the stories as myth, made up to inspire schoolchildren and confound hapless treasure seekers who'd never grown up. From time to time, the Crater Lake Gazette would cover another poorly funded expedition to scuba dive the depths of Crater Lake, all 1,948 feet of it. They would always find the same thing, nothing at all. By now, all respectable people knew that there were no diamonds on Diamond Island. Yet here was Captain John, pillar of the community, sounding like a schoolboy. Whose story is this? He bristled. You ask me what I believe and I'm telling you. Five hundred years ago, Diamond Island was full of diamonds, more diamonds than you could ever imagine. I believe the pirate, this Diamond King, ripped them from the land. I believe Captain John, my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, died trying to stop him. And I believe his bones would lie there still, deep beneath the lake's blue waters, were it not for his friends. They rescued his body and they buried him properly at a gravesite that even the Diamond King himself could not find. Come on, said Veronica. That's not true. We learned about it in school. I even visited the statue on a field trip. I know what it says. Veronica recalled the large bronze statue of Captain John, wielding a sword against time and the elements. It stood on a hill on the lake's southern shore with an inscription that read, Captain John, for bravery against savagery. He died fighting Indians, Veronica said. Everyone knows that. Everyone is wrong the captain said, as if he believed his own far-fetched tale. Sometimes you win by losing. 
Nearly undone by someone so simple, the pirate, this Diamond King, went berserk, murdering people by the thousands. It didn't take long for the story of Captain John and his small band of believers to spread. And when it did, his bones became a symbol and his name a battle cry. The pirate did all he could to smash the symbol, to find the grave of Captain John and erase his memory from the earth forever. But he never did. In the first light of dawn some forty years later, Captain John's own grandson stood at the front of a one-hundred-boat armada, determined to stop the evil pirate once and for all. But there was no fight. The pirate vanished into the vast and hazy stillness of dawn as quickly as he had come, like a ghost in the mist, and once gone it was as if he had never existed at all. Not a single painting or likeness of him has ever been recovered, and what's worse, not a single diamond has ever been found. The diamonds, like the pirate, became just another myth, a tall tale told by old men to disbelieving schoolchildren. Well, count me as one of those, said Veronica, laughing, although she wasn't so sure. She remembered the blind old man's warning, and evil is coming. He's coming in white. If the captain was right, an evil had already come once to her town. Maybe it could come again, she thought. Daddy, what do you believe? She asked. I believe the captain, sweetie, minds his own family's business better than you, he said, without answering her at all. Now, would you please get some sleep? We have a hundred miles until the next stop and a long hike ahead of us. The girls played on the iPad instead. The two men sat in silence, watching the hills roll by and the blue skies fade to gray. The car climbed a high ridge overlooking a bleak valley. Just ahead of them lay the graves of Babeltown and the gateway of Magma Pass.